0: here we are days before the biggest sporting event in america and one of the biggest annually in the world and yet we're not really talking about the super bowl why is that i'll answer that question and i'll compare that to some good old-fashioned fast food commerce only here on the sports antidote let's get this show going Welcome to the sports antidote number 86 fast food forensics. The show stands at 45 and 32 ATS, 58% against the spread. Tommy Bench sent me his notes yesterday, and I'm telling you right. I'm telling you, this dude's going to bring the wrath of God on this one. This is right up his alley. We may have bro exotic, may not, too early to tell. I do want to touch on organic growth on the podcast. We'll talk about the NFL, the direction they've decided to take. In lieu of discussing the Super Bowl, Alvin Kamara in Las Vegas. What a mess. No vaccine for people going to the Oscars. You heard me correct. No vax proof for that. And we'll talk about Canadian churches. Yes. Tying fast food forensics into... The Super Bowl. You're probably wondering, how can one do that? It's, it's actually quite, quite possible, as a matter of fact. I'll make it look easy, as I typically do. Please rate, subscribe, and review. We, this is very important. I know I say this. I don't see that many reviews the last few weeks. Be sure and give us a review. Five stars, obviously. Follow us at the Sports Antidote on Instagram. If you don't have Instagram, just get it and then follow us. How about that? It takes 10 seconds to set it up. And less to press, to press follow. So please do that. Speaking of which, organic growth. Look, as the show grows, and as I'm back to, I'm back to form, fighting weight, nearly here. As uh, my, you know, cognizant ability to put together a really good show here uh, will rise, is rising. As you have noticed, if you haven't, I know we have some new listeners. You can go back and listen to one two weeks ago, and I'll tell you kind of what happened. No need to really touch on that. However. When I say reach out and touch a brother, tell somebody about the sports antidote, I, I, I don't mean it in a sense of like, oh, hey, man, you should listen to this, or like, oh, yeah, you, you'd like this. You all know someone who would like this show. You don't need to gamble to like this show. Half the people we ha- that I know of, at least, well, I don't know half the people that listen to the show. I mean, there's a lot of people, but I, the guys I know, for the most part, don't even gamble, and they do lean to the, to the right but I have some guys that are middle left that do gamble, some that don't, and like the show. So, its eclectic nature is an acquired taste. However, don't tell me that don't tell me that this isn't this cannot grow. We're gonna give this one more shot. I'll be forty this year. We've been doing this for a while. We've changed the name. People have come and gone. I have my crew now. This is. I'm gonna dance with the one I came with when we decided to make it the reset. Get rid of all the ones we did in the past with Bro Exotic, Tommy Bench. We we'll always have guest hosts, the Drunk Neighbor, Dicky Salvo, and other guys will jump on. Coach O, of course. But it's very important that you actually go out and tell someone about it, and literally make them follow it. I, I get a stranger every time I travel. I got two yesterday. I make them click it, follow or subscribe. And it'll pop up and then maybe listen to it. Maybe they don't. I always ask where they're from. They tell me. And then I check the um, the coordinates as Anchor lets us do so we can see if the dude from Wyoming listened, if the dude from Maine listened. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. I don't know. But it's important that you actually identify or just throw it out there in passing. I don't care. But let people know what's up. The show's only going to get better. And in the dog days of post-football, post-March Madness, when the media gets completely lazy and wants to revert to race about everything and all this other hoopla, we will still be pumping out organic and very original content, and that is what separates us from the rest of the pack. Full stop, period. The NFL has lost its mind, and, and, and we are going to touch on this after the fact, after the fast food forensics take I, I just I and there is no world, no galaxy out there where this is justifiable to have the Super Bowl be creeping up and we're not even discussing it. Talk radio, race dominates talk radio. Race dominates the television, and it's because we kind of allow it. I'll get into this and more, but that's a little just a little prelude as to where I'm prelude as to where I'm going here. Super Bowl picks, I do have a few picks and some analysis on the Super Bowl. Um, I do have a couple original points. I will say this, though. The prop bets are usually 80% of the action for every sports book. Rarely do people actually bet the sides. <laughs> it's everything but the sides, really. Um, you'll see bets from, you, I think I saw one, one I kind of like, we'll discuss. Djokovic, points, rebounds, and assists, the big guy for the Nuggets. Will that be more than the longest field goal kicked? <laughs> But sometimes you can find gold. There's over 5,000 props listed. If you go through them with a fine-tooth comb, you can find them. And believe you me, Vegas does not like does not like Super Bowl Sunday. Everyone would be like, oh, yeah, you did. No, no, they don't. They wish everybody would just bet the sides. But these props really lead to some uh, damaging. It, it can be damaging. Trust me. Okay, believe you me. Last year, a fan runs on the field plus 15,000, and guess what happened? Yeah. Even though he scripted, whatever. I do not want to get into that. That bet should have been stricken from the record. Alvin Kamara, if you didn't see, oh boy, the Saints are falling apart. I watched the video. It's amazing how the Kamara beatdown happened before the Super Bowl. Nothing good happens to athletes in Las Vegas. It's just ridiculous. Peyton's gone they hired Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator. That's a very good move. But at the same time, not because he's white, but the Camara thing is just outrageous. People think it's going to fly under the radar. I do not think so. I don't. Uh, I do think there is going to be some punitive action, and there is going to be, I believe, a suspension involved. If they suspend you for DUI or DWI or whatever your state calls it, you most certainly are going to be suspended for stomping on some dude. So Kamara is probably going to miss September and put the Saints back even farther if they weren't far back, as if they weren't enough already, push back as to everything. Michael Thomas may return. This isn't a Saints podcast, but we do have a good amount of people listening to it in the greater New Orleans area. So we'll be discussing that in the offseason. I do want to talk real quick before we get into the meat and potatoes here about what's going on in Canada. Canada right now, and you have to understand, what Trudeau is doing, the prime minister out there, is unbelievable. Now, aside from the truckers and all this, the, all the stuff that's happening, right now, if you are a pastor in a non denominational or any type of Christian church, even a Catholic church, and not to say even, I just meant priests are not exempt from their new world order. In other words, if you are a pastor, priest, or whatever, and you are preaching against the L-B-G-Q-Y-B-D-A-O-P-squared, you are subject to arrest. Arrest. And here in this country, we're not far from that in certain states like California. But the separation of church and state is a very important thing. Regardless, even an atheist that understands anything constitutional or understands logic in general would say, yes, there has to be a separation of church and state. Now, if you're a pastor, can you get up there and say, we need to start killing people that don't believe? No, you can't say stuff like that. But practicing religious freedoms is a huge part of this country. Go try to be a Christian in Turkey. See what happens. Go try to be a Christian in Indonesia. See what happens. Go try to be a Christian in China. See what happens. I mean, there's Christians that have been still in camps in China right now, missionaries. Go look. Go Google this stuff. My dad's been on this for years, decades. He knew one person that was detained in China for preaching about God. It's insane. So what Canada is doing, they're way, well far ahead of Australia on the, on the woke insane meter. So keep this, in, keep this in an eye's view. You go to church or not, I don't care. But I'll tell you this. Arresting ministers and priests mid-sermon and mass for preaching against this and arresting people not wearing masks in church during the service is a very, very telling and scary, it's just a scary chapter of the one to come. It's a, it's a scary ending to the book, and we're not even halfway through this yet. So keep an eye on that. I certainly as hell will be looking at that, because that is beyond outrageous. That is now infringing upon your basic rights to worship the God of your choice, and you choose. Obama sat there and chose to listen to Reverend Wright say, God damn America. All right, he shouldn't be arrested for that. I don't agree with it, but I don't want Reverend Wright to get canceled. No, it's his congregation. You have the That's not necessarily hate speech. It's crazy speech. You have the choice to sit in that pew or not. Plain simple. So, you know, I, I don't agree with the people in West Virginia and the Appalachian Trail holding up rattlesnakes. I think that's ridiculous. But at the same time, if that's what you choose to do, right, go ahead. I think that is illegal. I don't know. Anyway, rattlesnakes bite and they're venomous. Uh, very. It's a mixture of the hemo and neurotoxin. It is a nasty potion. We'll be talking about that uh, coming up in in a future episode, as I had a lot of time to line these up in January. And lastly, yes, the Oscars will not, I repeat, Hollywood Insider reports will not require vaccine passports to enter that facility. Okay. I, I, you know, I, (laughs) I, In the words of Marv from Home Alone, hey, kid. Suck brick, Suck brick in substitute of something else that rhymes with brick. See, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying, you see? I'm trying to turn a new leaf. I actually prayed before this episode to get my mind right as I've become more spiritual now, which is a good thing. I just feel that this is, if, if you, you have to have a vaccine passport to go into a subway to get a nasty six-inch sandwich in California, you, you basically have to do this to go into schools as a parent. Your kids are masked up, yet the governor and the mayor of Los Angeles and London Breed in San Francisco and et cetera do not wear masks in public and in closed areas, continue to be shown, make excuses like, I was holding my breath, and now... You do not have to have a vaccine passport for the super, super elites to go into the Oscars coming up early this year. And the reason why is because a lot of them are not vaccinated, but yet they tell you. To get your happy ass vaccinated. Let me let, let this sink in one second. When Ben Affleck gets up there and tells everyone they need to get vaccinated to save the world. Even though people like my wife, who's required to get vaccinated, has. And has had every booster. And has caught the Alpha, the Delta, the Omega. And they've caught everything. The Delta variant. The Omicron. She's caught them all. So stop with the va- And she was sick. The sickest she got was when she got vaccinated. Fact. So don't sit here and tell me the vaccine works. But don't tell me that these people preaching that are getting vaccinated are because they are not. They are not. And that is why they lifted the, the ban in California to not have ID and a vaccine passport. And that is so unbelievably hypocritical. It takes it moves the goalpost off the field. The goalpost is not even in America anymore. We moved it to England across the pond because they're not vaccinated. This is a very easy way to avoid the, the bad publicity of preaching while not being. Fact, full, God, full stop. There's no way to get around it. And, you know, I'm sure Jake Gyllenhaal will come in and say, oh, it's different because I was vaccinated. And just trust me. And then Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, they come in as well. And then Anne Hathaway comes in, hasn't taken a shower in a week. She hasn't washed her hair. She's disgusting. And they all get together, hold hands, and tell you to get vaccinated while they watch the Oscars and talk about global warming. And they'll cuck. Hardcore. My God. Fast food forensics. Belts, what's that? I'm glad you asked. I spent a lot of time. We're going to continue on the restaurant push here. While I was selling into restaurants, fast food was not my forte. QSRs, quick service restaurants. The company I work for basically serviced 90% of the McDonald's in the country for the one trick pony that we had. Now they're a two trick pony. Shout out to uh, RT. My people's out there still listening. Much respect. Uh, In this instance... I was able every now to see, mostly I sold into independent chains and gas stations because they fried a lot of food, they had huge fryers, and this contraption that we had was based on quantity of frying, cooking oils, et cetera, and in, in this doing so, fast food was always a hiccup. It was fast food, slow sales process, so I don't like that. Bells wants to get paid, but I did stumble across a massive Burger King franchisee in the southeast, and these guys did it the right way. An African-American family. I will throw that out there. Dad started the business from the ground as an immigrant, a legal immigrant uh, from Trinidad. And uh, excuse me, they're not. Yeah, I did just blow that, right? They're from Trinidad. So I said, African. <laughs> wow, party, following me. It's like calling somebody from Haitian and African from Haiti an African-American. And they'll slap the shit out of you because they're Haitian-American. So look at me. I'm already. But they anyway, they came in the country legally. And started a massive franchise to one of McDonald's biggest competitors. I'm very good friends still with this family. And the father, after a while, did the right thing. Turned it over to the two sons. I've talked about this before, about a year ago. I'll do it again. What he did was is they, he made them start off washing dishes. He did this the right way. He made sure that when they came to, they knew every single aspect of this restaurant. How to properly clean a bathroom up to the specs that the corporate office demands. Most McDonald's are all franchisees. Nearly every Burger King you see is a franchisee. There's no money in corporate stores. There's just not. You have to have the upkeep. You have to encompass the insurance, the payroll, all the overhead. It's way easier just to franchise them out and then just tax your ass monthly. So most of these places are not owned, ran by corporate, yet they have mandates in which you have to adhere to or else. But he made sure they knew every single thing, from business development to washing the bathrooms to to being a cook to managing everything, even how to manicure the place outside to make sure it was up to spec to corporate regulation. These two guys are my age. I'm still good friends with them. They're twin brothers, and they are sharp as a razor. One's the CFO. One's the VP of operations, and they run this thing about as well as it gets. So I was able to sell them, And we ended up rolling out and made a lot of money. I learned a lot about fast food. This is Burger King, if you haven't guessed. And I learned one day, just like I go when I sold a bunch of casinos and I've told stories about going down the employee kitchen late at night while I'm training the PM staff and talking to pit bosses about all the misnomers in casinos, people still think blackjack is 50-50. No, it's not. Play by the book. Who wrote the book? All right. Yeah. Go ahead and go buy the book all the time in blackjack and then continue to give away your money. There's a reason why there's a lot of slot machines and a lot of blackjack tables because they want you to play them, not because they're popular. Because they win money for the house. Fact, full stop. And I, I wish I could get someone on this. I, I still know a couple guys within the Caesars realm that owns that Harris in New Orleans, but that aside, this is... Um, when you talk about you know getting into selling into these entities, I like to get to know kind of some things. ask good questions, learn something, whether that be hotels, sporting events, casinos, or in this case a fast food restaurant. The science behind fast food is unbelievable. McDonald's cracked this a long time ago, and I could go on and on about this, but I will not because of time constraints. We're really trying to keep this to an hour, and I have a feeling Tommy Bench is going to explode like the hydrogen bomb. So (laughs) to give him enough room, I'll try to tread through this quickly, but not too quickly. So I ask questions about all these, you know, not misnomers, but rumors that fast food you know puts a lot of money into the R&D. There should be no R&D when it comes to food. Now I'm not talking about necessarily, you know, the health department. I'm talking about like manufacturing food. Like <laughs> this is how bad this is for you. They don't even they don't mess with that food. But at the same time, I want to talk more or less about the aesthetics and the way things smell. So you see, McDonald's was the first company to actually begin artistry with Actual pictures of fast food. When you see a billboard or a sign of a Big Mac, fries, and a Coke, that's not a picture, that's a drawing. Belts? No, it's not. It's a, it's a drawing. There's a reason also why not always drawings, most of the time it is, and it's doctored up now online to make it look like just like uh, it's a normal photograph. Obviously, what they'll do too is it's, it's not so much a drawing as it is an etching, and then what they'll do is, is they will put in um, the actual product, It's basically a work of art, in other words. So you'll see the, you know, the burger looks huge, the fries look crispy, and then when you get it, it does not look like it does in the picture, of course. But at the same time, hundreds of millions of dollars go in, hundreds of millions go into these R&D at these facilities across the country and internationally, particularly in Europe, or particularly here, but in Europe, and Australia, and most continents on this world, minus Antarctica, but the thing is, is that They put a lot of science into how things look, just like when you walk into a grocery store. There's a reason things are laid out they are. Even when you walk into a casino or the Walgreens or the Whole Foods, there's a reason why. Like when you go to Best Buy and you check out, you have to walk through that little labyrinth of gummy bears, Diet Coke, and pretzels and hope you'll grab one for $3.99 and then they can put it in your ass again after you overpaid for some cheap-ass Chinese headphones. But at the same time, you know, the way things look is very important, but we don't even realize the way things smell, how important that is. Their sense of smell is one of the most potent senses that we have that we don't even really think about. When something looks pleasing to the eye, it triggers something in the cerebellum, of course, to where you see something, but it's a different trigger with smell. Smell's way stronger than sight, believe it or not, when it comes to wanting something. There's a reason why if you... Go to McDonald's and get three burgers and fries. It smells awesome, right? And then it's in your car, and then you drive to your house. You take the food out, put it on the table, and then a few hours later, you get back in your car to go to the grocery store, and what's it smell like? It still smells like McDonald's, right? Why is that? Okay, now, go over in the backyard to where you live. Go grill a burger, fry some potatoes, do it the right way, and then put that in a Tupperware or a bag, if you will, go put it in your car for five minutes, take the bag out of the car, go eat it, come back three hours later, I bet it doesn't smell like a burger and fries. Why is that? Well, it's simple. A lot of the money that goes into the R&D for fast food restaurants, particularly McDonald's and the aforementioned Burger King, is they want that smell to lure you in because the way it looks and the way it smells will get you you can smell a McDonald's restaurant way far away. It's just like a movie theater. They do this too. I sold in in movie theaters. I should have brought this up earlier. While you can smell the popcorn from outside the movie theater. Why is that? Think about it. Can you smell the popcorn you're making in your microwave from outside your house? It's not a compar- it is, it's a. It's a good enough comparison for me because much like casinos pump in oxygen there is an extra added aroma in most movie theaters to get that popcorn smell to get you going that popcorn does not taste nearly as good as it smells right and then when they show the visuals of the of the candy and the drink and the popcorn dancing around before the movie yeah it's subliminal messaging to go get you yeah it is but at the same time the smell is what hooks you so in fast food the smell is going to get you and it works however what you bite into, here's, the, here's the, just the damning part of this whole thing. When you bite into that Big Mac and you think it tastes good, it simply doesn't taste as well as it smells, but your brain doesn't allow you to know that. This was even told to me by the owners of this franchise. They know all about it. Yeah, the food doesn't taste like it smells, but you don't know any better. You probably think that's a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. It's not. When you cook a burger on the grill, it tastes just like it smells Delicious. I'm not saying McDonald's isn't good. If I'm hungry, I'll wolf down a Whopper at Burger King in two seconds with cheese. I don't know. I don't eat fast food, but I certainly will if I'm hungry, and that's all there is. Pass it on. Give me another one. At the same time, it does not smell like it tastes because there's engineered to make you think a certain way. That's how this works in the QSR segment in this country and others as well, the quick service restaurants. Hardee's, Carl's Jr., Wendy's, In-N-Out Burger. Same thing, all of them. But the two pioneers, McDonald's and then Burger King, being close second on bringing the scientific research, the R&D, to the actual food, not just to make it look a certain way, taste a certain way, but to make it smell a certain way. If they didn't put the money into making it smell like this, it wouldn't. It just wouldn't. Great point, Belts. Wow, that means a lot. What's that have to do with it? I'm glad. I'm super glad you're with me here. Because it has a lot to do with a lot. So right now, the NFL is cooking it up in the kitchen right now, right? And they work in cahoots with our far left sports media, who has now gone left of the left political media. ESPN J. A. Adande recently said, "Showing your ID to vote is tantamount or worse than what's happening in China with the Uyghur Muslims." Go look at that. He's a full time employee, woke by ESPN. That is an outrageous statement. It is a fireable offense. His ass should be fired. Immediately. Remember the Players Club at Bernie Mac? When can I start? Immediately. What a great movie, the Players Club. Underrated. Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. The only funny man on Kings of Comedy. D.L. Hughley's not funny. Neither is Cedric the Entertainer. And Steve Harvey's a lemon. Sorry. Somebody had to say it. They stink. But Bernie Mac is one of the funniest comics ever. There's not been a movie. And that show he had on Fox was amazing. Missed that guy. And... Charlie Murphy. So, right now, the NFL cooks up this burger. The burger's the Super Bowl. And right now, excuse me, the NFL cooks something up. And what we want to taste is the Super Bowl, right? Because it's in a few days. The biggest sporting event in America. It's broadcasted nearly every continent minus Australia. There's big Australian and Asian and European viewership. Obviously, in Canada, around the world. Big viewership. But at the same time... It doesn't taste like it smells because what we want to taste is the Super Bowl, but what we smell is race. Here we go again. Mina Kimes has not had one tweet about the Super Bowl yet. She's one of the lead correspondents for ESPN. It is race, race, race. NFL coaches, discrepancy amongst numbers, discrepancy amongst black owners. We'll get to this. Mike Greenberg. Some kid that went to the boarding school with us actually happens to be uh, very much associated on his show. That's all I'll say. I don't know the kid. My brother does. He graduated with him. But at the same time, it, uh, the Greenberg recently is on there comparing uh, comparing Brian Flores, the ex coach of the Dolphins, to Colin Kaepernick. We are about to have the Super Bowl. Like, where's media day over the weekend? We didn't even hear what the cover of ESPN constantly. Race, 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 race. What about the big game? Nope. They want this to taste like it smells. Who cares about the Super Bowl? Who cares that the Bengals haven't won a playoff game since Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments and now they're in the Super Bowl? Who cares that Matt Stafford never won a playoff game and now he's in the Super Bowl? Who cares that Joe Burrow happens to be from the Cincinnati area, is not far removed from a national championship with LSU, and now is on the verge of winning a Super Bowl? Who cares about that? Because Miami fired a black coach. That's what this burger tastes like. That's what it smells like. If you don't like it, we'll take our ball and leave. Or give me the burger back and I'll throw it in the toilet. And don't tell me I'm wrong. And don't tell me this is an amazing original take on this. You're going to get a big dose of this from now on. And that's exactly what's happening. And there's no way to get around it. I I challenge you right now to go on ESPN and find anything pertaining relevant to the Super Bowl before you get past the black coaching ratio in the NFL so they fire brian flores i'm not even gonna get into the whole thing okay yeah he won nine games a couple years in a row congratulations uh he was fired we don't even know really why of course then he comes out and talks about the tanking and the belichick texts and all this yes i get it but at the same time white coaches get fired all the time in less time okay i'll ask greg shiano how long he was in tampa amongst many other white coaches i mean marvin lewis in cincinnati sat there for the better part of two decades without winning a playoff game marvin lewis is african-american They did not win a playoff game in 17, 18 years, and yet he, like, left on his own accord. What? Okay. (laughs) So racist. Not to mention the fact the NFL is predominantly black, but that's okay. And the NBA is as well. What we need is more white point guards, obviously. And, you know, we got the Pelicans, got Jimmer for debt, and they sent him to China. (laughs) He plays over there now, and he cops. I mean, this is just insane. Let's look at some things to break down more of what I'm talking about when it comes to the discrepancy. A lot of the thing is there's no black owners in the NFL. Okay, well, there's about, I don't know, there's about, what, 5,500 billionaires in this country? Seven are black. And two are Rihanna and Oprah Winfrey. And in order to own an NFL team, you can't just have a billion dollars. You have to have 15 billion. You're not going to sink every waning every penny of your life into a franchise. It's usually about 10-20% of your net worth. So, because there's only seven black billionaires, it's going to be difficult to have a black owner. These are just sheer numbers. Then you need to look at the most important part, which no one wants to discuss because people like people like and Greenberg, I'll use them as examples, are too lazy actually find the data, find out how many African-Americans or people of other color were interviewing in comparison to the number of white people. If 25 people okay, interviewed for the Miami Dolphins position and 12 were black, 13 were white, and it was like this with six other teams— and all the white coaches were chosen. Then you may have something to look into, and I would encourage an investigation on that. That's that that defies mathematical odds. That's like hitting a seventeen parlay. It's tough to flip a coin seven times and hit tails. So something's fishy right there, right? But it's not the case. Clearly, and even with the Dolphins and other teams, it's predominantly white people that are applying. You can only get a job you apply for, unless your name's Lovey Smith, which we'll get to in a second. But at the same time, these are things that need to be talked about. The objective mathematical data behind how many people are wanting the job, right? No, let's subjectively bring in our opinion, create a false narrative 72 hours before the biggest game of the year. And that's what's happening. I mean, look at the Saints. They checked every box they possibly could. They went with the defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen. Probably a good move, being as where he's been there forever. And the Saints have a top-five defense, and the players know him and respect him. I wouldn't have rocked the boat just yet. I don't care what color you are. And speaking of which, why are there no Asian and Hispanic coaches, and why is there no, why is there no uproar for those ethnicities? Why is it just black people? Like, how is that possible? I mean, I, I don't get it. Mike McDaniel, the new hire for the Dolphins. All we're hearing about is this. We're not talking about the Super Bowl. We're talking about Mike McDaniel, who identifies as, quote, multicultural. So I guess they check the box. But then the wokes come out of nowhere and go, well, he's only half black. You couldn't hire him. It's like, oh, my God. So now we're going to, what, do we need a blood test now? So now we're going to comment on if he's a mulatto or if his mother was white or father was white. Who cares? Barack Obama came out of a white woman's vagina. Big deal. He was the president of the United States for eight years. Rightfully so. One very fair elections. No one's arguing them. He whipped John McCain, whipped Mitt Romney. He deserved to be there. No one's arguing that. But at the same time, how is this happening now? So now we're hiring Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith was so lucky in Chicago. Lovey Smith reminds me of Charlie Strong. Did OK at Louisville and then went to Texas. And what happened? They didn't go to a bowl game for three years at Texas. OK? And then he goes to South Florida and ruins that program. He's not a good coach, right? Lovey Smith happens to be African-American, much like Charlie Strong. Great man, great man. Both of them, great men. I've heard them speak motivationally, not in person, but I have. They're great speakers. They're great parents. They're great people. They're just not good coaches. But Lovie Smith won all these games for Chicago? Okay, he had Brian Urlacher, a middle linebacker, probably a top five defensive player of all times, Tillman and Briggs and Devin Hester, who returned 19 punts a week. And caught touchdowns, ran back kicks, ran back short field goals. I mean, it, okay, and the NFC was really weak those times they went. The Bears were 11-5 and five as a one seed one year. 11-5, a one seed in the NFC when they got cremated by the Colts in the Super Bowl. But the Texans hire Lovey Smith. This man failed at Illinois. Go look at what he did at Illinois. Over the last few years, he was there. The university and the Big Ten. They were awful. They didn't go to a bowl game. And twice, they lost to a directional Michigan at home. Twice on their homecoming. They cut Central Michigan a check for $972,000 to come in there and whip their ass. <laughs> That's a fun bus ride home. Thanks, pal. <laughs> what? Brett Bielma comes in there the next year with that group of idiots, almost goes to a ball game. They go to Penn State, win in eight overtimes, and Illinois will be a team we'll be on next year in college futures. Speaking of which, I went 5-1. 6-1-2 one. One for futures as a whole this year. 45-32, that's 58%, almost, what, almost 75% on futures. You will not find a show this unique that gives you this type of insight with free gambling picks clipping at almost sixty percent. And all the plays are on Instagram and on this podcast. I had to throw that in there. Reach out, touch your brother, rate, subscribe, and review, follow us at the Sports Analyz. So the Texans hire Lovey Smith. I mean, I, I just don't understand this. He interviewed as like the assistant special teams coach. Then it was no I'll make you defensive coordinator. Now it's your your head coach. So the, the Texans check the box. Lovey Smith probably knows this, but he accepts of course he accepts the money, the responsibility. I would. But it's not, not a good look for the NFL. As they continue with the media to cook up these burgers, we want it to smell and taste like the Super Bowl, but no, it will continue to taste and smell like more narrative-driven, false narrative racial division that is not there, that is conjured up in a witch's cauldron by these group of demons. The Super Bowl is going to be interesting. Rams here versus the Bengals. Most people like the favorite. No shock there. You know, the funny part is, like I said, most of the bets on this game are actually not on the side. It's the myriad of prop bets that are placed out there. This will be our last football pick on the record on the show 45 and 32, all documented on Instagram. And on this page, 58%. Not counting the future wins or some of the money line dog winners, these are strictly ATS on one unit and one unit only. We will be posting six prop plays on Instagram. I have four of them. I'm waiting on two more. Jump on Instagram, create an account, and just follow us if you don't have one. It takes ten seconds. Don't tell me you can't. Don't cuck me. Get your own wife. The Bengals. It's amazing right now that the Rams are four and a half point favorite, and I kind of see why. Right now, the general public, sixty percent. Of People seem to think the Rams are going to cover this. I can see either team covering. The points rarely, rarely play in a Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, they play about 10% of the time dating back to the late 60s. Usually the favorite will win outright or the dog will win outright. Both teams will win. The points won't play like most games in the NFL. The Super Bowl is no different since point spreads are shallow. Usually it does not play. If I told you the Rams won 27-20 to or the Bengals vice versa, would you really be that surprised? Probably not. We'll start off with this. I don't know how you don't take the points here. I really don't. Don't tell me this Bengals team can't bang around with the Rams. I understand they're going to be seeing one of the best defensive players ever in Donald across the other side. Von Miller, not too far from him. The Rams, an excellent secondary. A very good defense. And they have better players, I think, mostly than the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Bengals have a significant coaching advantage. I do not like McVay. I I don't care. Drunk neighbor, I love you. He's not that good of a coach. This is an all-star team. This is the Lakers. The fakers of the NFL is all I care. I think you take the Bengals or nothing. We're not talking about teasers here. I do like the four and a half points. a. I like the Bengals to cover. I don't think we get in a shootout. I like the under 49. We're going to buy one half. Under 49 and a half minus 120. That's a very cheap number to buy it off on a half. That's a kill number. That'll save you on 21, 28. If it does get high, get it off that whole number. Get it to a a hook. 49 and a half. We like the Bengals plus the four and a half. And we like under 49 and a half. Now, if you want to bet the money line, you can get the Bengals right around plus, well, what, 155? But if the Bengals win, the odds of Joe Burrow winning the MVP are very high. Burrow's MVP, which we'll be talking about, well, I'll be putting on Instagram is plus 200. I would take a look at that. It could go to Mixon. It has gone to defenders and running backs in the past. Last 15 years, six times it's gone to a non-quarterback position. I don't see that happening here. Um, Also, Matt Stafford's attempts. We'll be looking at that one, too, after the Rams laid an egg, scoring three points versus the Patriots. Look for McVay to try to score some points. I think Stafford's going to throw it a lot. That doesn't mean he's going to complete a lot. Check the Instagram page at the Sports Antidote. And I really like the Bengals' first half money line, plus 145. I love that. That seeps value right there. So for the last picks for the year, on the record until the props on Instagram, my friends, we like the Bengals for the game, plus four and a half. We like it under 49 and a half, and we like Joe Burrow, Big Balls Burrow, and the Bengals plus 40, plus 145 in the first half. Keep it real, baby. Good luck.
1: <laughs> Shots fired.
0: dun. dun, 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 dun. Tommy bench. What's going on,
1: man? Not much, pal. How you feeling?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm good, man. Feeling good. Uh... <laughs> I saw some funny things today. Um, I'm going to spike this on you at the end. A Very interesting. I went for a little jog today in the park out here. I'm in lovely Cleveland, Mississippi, which actually has the nicest Marriott hotel. I, I, I stay here about twice a year. It's one of the nicest hotels in one of the goofiest cities in North America. But I'll, I'll just tell you now. While I was running, I passed someone who had mask face shield oh and something else. It was like, I, I I didn't want to stop, but it was like the, I could but tell you wanted a, to, the, the, but there was another band. So there was a mask and something else. It might've been a double mask face shield. I don't want to call it that just yet, but that person was also running, which I found to be like, I don't think they were using that mask. You know, they think like, like you do on the treadmill right. sometimes. Right. But no, Like, I think that was literally just, he wasn't trying to get the vid, for a stroll in the park, I don't know And again,
1: you know he's boosted You know three quarters of his body weight oh, is vaccine by now He's probably going and, and illegally getting fourth and fifth boosters He so was sweating fashiyachi. out the vaccine He was probably sweating out some ah, vaccine I, uh, I had a slightly similar experience I was, you know, dropped my kids off at swimming practice And I was trying to be good Go for a walk during that time And, I, and, it's, and it's in kind of a high school, school complex area So there's a lot of buses coming and going I see this bus driver with a mask on and I figure, oh, OK, I'll, I'll see a bunch of kids in the bus because I was like, I'm going to make a point to look very carefully. Not a child in that bus.
0: Yep. I've seen that. this too. bus
1: drivers in a huge empty bus. And then I thought, well, you know what? Maybe it's the Cuck School District, right? Or their employer. Two seconds later, I see another bus and I see a woman's nice smile as she drives by. So. Either the policy is if there's nobody else in the bus, you can take the mask off or people don't listen to it or but I, I just like these people. And, and again, I I fault the individuals, but I also fault the public health establishment that have scared people into thinking that, that those are reasonable things that you have to do. That's what you have to do to be safe. So yeah. look, we're, we're going to hit COVID hard next week because by next week, the hypocrisy will be too much. We got a few things on the docket, so I'm ready to jump in if you are. <laughs> go ahead. All right. Recent reports are coming out. You know, we're getting to the start of 2022, so everybody gets to compile all their various data about 2021 and start dissecting it and going through it. And very interesting story, and, and yes, it was on Fox News, but I was able to, to verify that these numbers are legitimate by checking some other news sites about the number of people being shot. Now, of course, this is no surprise. I, I think we're now up to something like 16 U.S. cities, and I believe a city is any census area uh, or or municipality defined as having a population greater than 100,000. So something like 16 U.S. cities saw record numbers of homicides and increases from last year, and many of them last year was a record, right? So we're stacking record on top of record. This Fox News article looked at four cities in particular, Chicago, Baton Rouge, Columbus, and Louisville. All of these cities set records for murders in this particular year. So in order, Chicago, 797 total murders. Baton Rouge, 133 total murders. Columbus, 204 total murders. Louisville, Kentucky, 197 total murders. So you say 197 in Louisville? 197 in Louisville, Kentucky.
0: That is outrageous. Okay,
1: go ahead. So now you start asking yourself, well, well, who's bearing the brunt of this increase in murder? Right? Who makes up the, the overwhelming majority of these murder victims? In order, Chicago, 81%, Baton Rouge, 78%, Columbus, 66%, Louisville, 67%. What do you think those percentages are? Uh, black males? Correct. That is the percentage of murder victims. Now, let's be clear. We're not talking about people shot by police. These are murder victims. Okay, now I'm sure somewhere in those numbers, I I guess they would technically include people shot by police, but we'll get into that data in a second. So what what you're saying is 81% Chicago, 78% Baton Rouge, and about 67% for Columbus and Louisville, both. Those are the percentages of total murders that are the victims are black men. Let's assume that if you saw a 15% reduction in just those four cities in total murders, and also assume that that 15% reduction w- would would be evenly spread through all the groups it affects. If you could reduce murders by 15% in those four cities, you would potentially save 153 Black lives. That's per- a okay? lot. Right? Step in the yeah. right direction. All right. So so how could we reduce murders by 15%? Maybe we could refund police. Maybe Maybe we could overfund police. Maybe we could have more police. Maybe we could bring back stop, question, and frisk. You know, broken windows policing, any number of things we could do. I really don't think I think you'd be hard pressed to find any serious person, even somebody on the left who would say, no, we should continue defunding police and demoralizing police. And that will bring those murders down. I I don't think any serious person because you even see liberal D.A.s now are starting the liberal D.A. in New York is starting to back off and and say, well, you know, we we are going to start prosecuting. People who commit armed uh, armed robbery, even if the gun isn't functional or loaded. So so they're starting to back off now. Now, of course, you can't talk about this topic without. Well, 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 you know how many unarmed black men are shot. But yes, I do. I happen to have that right in front of me. I went to the Washington Post. They maintain a very thorough data set going back to 2015. So from 2015 in 2015, there were 38 unarmed black men. Uh, I should say black people because I didn't sort exclusively by gender. So 38 unarmed Black Americans killed by police. In 2016, it was 20. In 2017, it was 22. In 2018, it was 23. In 2019, it was 12. So we saw a reduction. I have a theory about that, and I'll get to that in a second. In 2020, it jumped back up to 18. And then in 2021, it was down to six. So you could argue, I'm sure proponents of the defund the police and, oh, we got to hold police more accountable and all this nonsense. And, And the reason I say nonsense, it's not because there aren't police who misbehave. It's because the overwhelming majority don't. And when you look at these numbers in relation to the millions of interactions police have with people every year, the fact that only a thousand people total, on average over the past six years, are killed by police total, you know, aggregate numbers, armed, unarmed, you know, justified, unjustified shootings, versus the millions of interactions, uh, there, there are probably other more dangerous places you could be interacting with groups of people and face. Uh, more severe death statistics. But let's go with, all right, well, the 2021 numbers were so low because, you know, the social justice movement really held police accountable. Okay, so you saw a reduction from an average of about 20 over the preceding five years to six. So in theory, 12 lives were saved. But, But again, I just showed you that if we reduced the murders in four cities in America, we could likely save re- reduce murders by 15% we could save 150 black lives now again am i saying well the cops should go murder 12 more black men and that, no no that's b- before anyone gets carried away that's not the point anyone's making but i think you'd be hard pressed if you're a serious person and you're looking at the numbers and the data and what's going on and the underfunding of police the police department's facing record retirements and police saying you know what i'm done with this and and just police in general backing off i mean look if you're a police officer and, and, and you hear, you know, a call go out and it's like, perp, uh, blackmail. Yeah, you, you're you, I, There's no way you're not thinking, I hope this doesn't go sideways. I hope this doesn't go sideways because even if I'm right, I'm, I'm my life's going to be, you know, I'm going to get doxxed and all that. And, and if I'm wrong or I make a mistake, I'll be held accountable as if I did it intentionally. So. I just throw those numbers out there again. It's, you know, and and, and when you average those four cities, 73 percent, almost 74 percent of the victims of homicide are are black males. Those numbers are specifically black males, the other ones. Now, interestingly, I decided let me just randomly pull a name. So I went to 2015. um, And by the way, 2015 was the highest number of all six of these years but we forget that Trump wasn't sworn in until the beginning of 2017. So it can't all be Donald oh, okay. Trump's fault, but, but, but let's just assume it is. Everything's Donald Trump's fault. It's the easy, easy thing to assume. It is. I picked the name and, and this name stood out because it was only one of two females killed in 2015. Her name was Betty Jones. By all accounts, Betty Jones was not involved in any sort of criminal activity. She was an older woman. I don't know if it's specified, if she was a grandmother in the article, she was an older woman. She was very involved in her community and her church. It was a case of a tragic accident. She actually called police because one of her neighbors in her apartment complex was getting very violent with a baseball bat. The police arrived. The situation escalated. The guy with the baseball bat came at the cops. The cops shot him, and unfortunately, she was hit by a stray bullet. It just, it just an over, uh, just an outright tragedy. And and I, I like I, my condolences and sympathies in all seriousness. I'm not saying that facetiously. It's awful, but that's what happens in situations where you get a violent person and police have to come. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes there's collateral damage. It doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it preferred. Why do I bring that point up? I bring that point up because these very low numbers, again, from 2021 to 2015, if you average it, the average is 19.85. So let's call it 20. Out of those 20 unarmed black, uh, people who were killed by police i'm sure if we dove a little deeper we'd find some of them were accidental some of them they were charging at police and they couldn't see if they had a weapon so uh, again it just puts to rest this narrative that police are out hunting black people it's it's ridiculous unfortunately The the biggest risk that most black men have is from other black men, because almost all murder victims are usually murdered by somebody who looks like them, runs in their same social circles, similar socioeconomic status, same race, often same gender. Um, You know, I believe it's upward of 85 to 90 percent of victims and murderers share those demographic characteristics. So. It, it, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy that social justice and wokeness is leading to more dead people in general, and specifically a cohort that social justice is alleging that they're trying to help out. Let's move to crack pipes. And you crack might pipe. be like, "Whoa, whoa, Tommy Bench, that's an awfully racist jump there." Well, bear with me a second, because yes, I will tie this back around to race. It was reported that the Biden administration is going to start handing out free crack pipes. I decided let me let me dig into it before I just go off on a rant on the sports antidote. Turns out it's not exactly it. They oh, they wait, they, they clarify
0: shoot first ass later. This is I know. Joke. I know, I
1: know. But I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna try to do a responsible act of journalism here. I don't know what that is. I just um, shoot first, but that's right. why we have you on to clean so, it up again. Go ahead. So the HHS made some very clear statements, you know, no, we are not giving out crack pipes. But they are distributing smoking kits. And and when they list off the things, it's like, well, there's disinfectant wipes for crack pipes. There's lip balm to use because I guess your lips get dry when you're smoking crack and meth. Um, and, And a couple other things in there to facilitate smoking crack with crack pipes. So you're right. Fine. They're not giving out crack pipes, but they are giving out a whole sundry of uh, things associated with smoking crack. Okay. All right, fine. But they're not giving out crack pipes. Uh, but they are also going to give out needles and needle programs, which I really love the idea that my tax dollars are go into that. And before any of you eggheads out there like, well, it has been showed that when safe needle injection sites are up and down, there is a reduction. They double up, 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 up. I don't care. I don't care. We should not be encouraging people to shoot heroin in their needles or no. into their arms. Like I period, full stop. You have to make certain moral statements and say that is a bad thing. We are not going to help you do it, period. Okay. Now, all right. Where's the race thing coming? You and I have a classmate. We're not going to say his name. So that would be unfair. We, we didn't. We didn't consult with him. But very publicly, <laughs> a classmate talk about an intellectual egghead who, I mean, has ranted and raved on various social media, Facebook and even LinkedIn. I mean, and he published it as serious articles. Uh, that discussed how the CIA was integral in spreading the crack epidemic through um, African-American communities in the 1980s. Mm. Like, this is a thing. There are some people who believe it, that that the CIA colluded. They wanted to destroy inner-city black communities, and so they introduced crack and filtered it all in. And It's just, okay. All right. Now, look, is it possible the CIA was somewhat given a wink and a nod to some drug dealing to help fund? Uh, getting missiles to the Iraqis to use against the Iranians, Iran-Contra. Yeah. It's possible. You know what? Oliver North is a GD hero because he didn't let the Gipper go down for it. So setting that <laughs> aside, setting setting that aside, um, U.S. Naval Academy graduate, former Marine infantry officer Oliver North, uh, he is the reason they started an ethics program at the Naval Academy. But, hey, hey, he took one for the Gipper. So, he did um he's always got. god bless him god bless that man but but okay so in all seriousness there are there are real you know intellectuals most often you know with the social justice crowd who talk about how the cia tried to destroy black communities by by pushing crack in them in the 80s okay whatever the government is literally saying this program to distribute smoking kits and needles is going to target minority communities and the underserved and underprivileged so we've come full circle from where it's a conspiracy theory that the CIA is putting crack into minority communities to the government is openly going to give you paraphernalia and assist you in smoking crack more healthily. Because, you know, it's just a matter of whether it's organic or not. That, that what, God, it's unbelievable. These idiots, these eggheads and the ideas they come. And I, you just know, you just know it was a bunch of overeducated Ivy League types sitting in a conference room like, you know what we should do? I have a good idea. None of these people have ever met anyone on the lower end of the socioeconomic, you know, spectrum, let alone anybody, say, who lives in, like, inner city Baltimore who might actually be dealing with crack addiction. None of those people have ever met anybody like that. Or if they did, they studied them like zoo animals while they sat there in, you know, Ivy League lab coats and all that and and talked about, you know, the croquet match on the upcoming weekend. So you just know they were sitting in the conference room and said, I have a good idea. No, I have a better idea. Why don't we do this? So... Just another outstanding government policy. And then this reflects right into approval ratings. Now, again, in, in committing an actual act of alleged journalism here, over the past couple of months, a lot of conservative commentators have been real big on, oh, Biden's approval ratings are worse than Trump's at this time. Well, that has technically not been true. And let me give you the specific metric that I'm using. I like the real clear politics average of polls. It's, you know, the poll of polls. It takes the polls. It averages them. As as polling outfits release new polls, it drops off the previous one. I, I think it, it's pretty objective. They don't, they don't, for instance, they don't also then do a real clear politics poll and shove it in there. It's purely all third-party polls. They just report it, aggregate it, and put it forward. Joe Biden recently, when I say recently, I mean this morning, the real clear politics average had him at 39.8. It's the first time he's been under 40%. The lowest Donald Trump ever got was 37.3 in December of 2017. That was kind of his low point. And and then once he got up to 40.2 in March 5th, he never fell below 40 points until December or January 8th, two days after the insurrection. (laughs) All right. So, so you're going to ask, well, where was the Trumpster at on February 9th, 2018, the corresponding day and year, he was at 41.8%, 41.8% approval. So a full two points higher than Joe Biden. And his disapproval was about three quarters of a point lower than Joe Biden. So now, I, oh, well, Benji, are you going to say that that makes Trump 10 times more popular? No, I, it's, it doesn't make that he's 10 times more popular. It illustrates, and, and here's what should scare Democrats the most. Joe Biden, when he started out, he had like a 65% approval rating. Trump, ne- Trump, I think on Inauguration Day, had like 489 Right, yeah. people. People always want to try to give the new guy a break, and then Trump de- degraded pretty quickly. But then, kind of hit this point where he never, after March fifth of twenty eighteen, never dropped below forty points. Not even during the COVID pandemic. In fact, there, there were early on in the COVID pandemic when he was actually on TV every day talking about how seriously they were taking it. His approval ratings were going up, and and I think Democrats realized that. And so, what's the point I'm trying to make? Biden's seen a significantly larger drop in a shorter period of time. And that should worry people. And the other thing is, and we've made this point before several months ago, do you anticipate them displaying some level of competency where things get better as a result of their actions? Mm. No, no. And neither do Democrat strategists. Nobody thinks they're going to do something to make things better than they are now. So I just, I don't see the thing happening. That's going to get that number to start trending upwards. Um, Look, he probably has a floor somewhere around 35 or 30. You've got people who just out of their hatred for Trump will say Biden's doing a good job. All right. We all know people like that, um, no matter how hard it hits. And plus, inflation will eventually subside, either through the economy cooling and job loss and price reduction and things like that, or the Fed, the Fed is going to have to jack up rates, but that'll have a negative effect. So it's, they're, they're really backed into a corner. Oh, interestingly, I'll just throw this out there. Donald Trump right now has a 42.6% approval rating, almost a full three points higher than Joe Biden.
0: Almost, that is almost unbelievable, but it's not that unbelievable if you just look at the kind of the temperature of things. It's, if you would have told me that prior, actually, if you would have told me that's that stat the day that this all, the day that Biden was inaugurated, I don't think that would have been that much of a stretch oh. a year down the road. I really wouldn't have thought. I would have said, yeah, I can see.
1: Right. Well, right. But I mean, yeah. And now what's interesting is Biden's disapproval is a full three point three point one points higher than Trump's current disapproval. So very, very interesting here. So. All right. Moving on. This is a sports podcast. I should talk about Oh, oh, one last point I'll make. I actually think Donald Trump being thrown off social media is helping his image.
0: It kind of is. and
1: and that will be the <laughs> ultimate irony if he runs in twenty twenty four and gets reelected if 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 the New York Times and all the eggheads get together in their analysis, is the fact that he wasn't on social media, vomiting his mind into everybody's phone every thirty seconds helped him. It, and you know, what might be interesting is if they reinstate him during the campaign. if they if they if somebody realizes that and goes, you know, <laughs> that's how you'll know. So we're calling it here first. If Twitter and Facebook, if all of them reinstate him, it's because all their eggheads got together, did some number crunching, and realized, guys, it's actually helping him to not be on social media. So keep an eye out for that. All right, let's round this out real quickly. We've gone on a little long here. You got two American-born athletes who are representing China in the Winter Olympics. Now, I personally have decided I'm not watching the Winter Olympics. I don't want to call it a boycott. I just I don't want to support it. I don't want to support it being in China. I think it's I think it's it should have been pulled from China. It's terrible that they've got it. It, it's terrible that they get to use this to try to show the world how wonderful they are. They're awful. They, they, they wrecked the world for the last two and a half years by their secrecy and their irresponsible handling of things. Not to mention they've got a million Uyghur Muslims in a concentration, in concentration camps in the Western Xinjiang province. And they use them for slave labor so that LeBron James can make sure to get a sponsorship deal. So uh, yes, the first one, Zhu Yi, and I, I'm sorry if I mispronounce her first name. Uh, she's a skater she was born in california lived here in the united states for most of her life but in 2018 said i am moving to china and i am giving up my u.s citizenship she's very outspoken about it fine hey you're a grown-up now what i want to make sure of and let me let me just tell you if i were if i were the president for, for well i'll talk about that at the end so she's a skater now she had a tragic performance like fell down twice apparently she got wrecked on the chinese social media site weibo which is like their facebook because they don't want facebook operating. <laughs> oh, she yeah. got wrecked i mean they were merciless and all i can think if they actually had crowds there and if i could have been there do you remember the old lady in the princess bride Bam. Princess Bam! Bam. Bam. The finger Bam! that would have been me in the audience Just as she <laughs> fell down I would have even dressed up like the old lady in tattered clothes. Oh, it'd be, it'd be great. Somebody, they should find that old lady and bring her to sporting events. So um, that, that's, that's her. And you're like, well, that's not very nice. No, I don't care. I don't care. You turn your back on America. I'm turning my back on you. <laughs> All right. That's what you get. But now there's, there's a case of a similar, but slightly different. Aileen Gu, And and I'm going to say something that's going to upset the social justice warriors. Zhu Yi looks very ethnically Chinese. In other words, you would look at her and say, that is someone of Asian descent. Eileen Gu does not. You would look at her and think, there's, in fact, Michael Scott said it the best way in the office. And since I'm quoting him, it's not as offensive as if I say it myself. Remember when Michael Scott met Karen Filippelli for the first time? Yeah. He said, wow, you're you're so ethnically ambiguous. Was your father (laughs) a GI? (laughs) So... (laughs) talk about things that would get you fired from hr immediately that's what you would say to aileen goo eileen or aileen goo you you look at her and go something but i can't put my finger on all right it turns out her mother is chinese her father is is american um she's a very attractive young woman she actually has sponsorship deals with several companies and i believe victoria's secret and has done some um underwear modeling for them so she's very photogenic you know um has blonde hair i think even blue eyes and she's a skier she was born in America, raised in America, lived all her life in America, talks American. What I mean is, is she does not have any sort of accent, no accent. speaking English. And she decided to represent China because her mother is Chinese. Now, Zhu Yi was born in the U.S., but I believe both her parents are Chinese and, and from China who had emigrated. Aileen Gu has one, one parent from China. And when asked twice by two different reporters what is your american citizenship status because again china does not allow you to have dual citizenship if you want to be a chinese citizen you're supposed to renounce all your other citizenship she totally avoided the question just talked about oh i appreciate the support of usa skiing and china skiing and yada and somebody was like yeah but what about your citizenship well i just i really i mean i oh that infuriates me and so let me tell you what i would do djt got reelected in 2024 and you you know, I'm as chief as the you know, deputy assistant secretary under chief of staff, whatever. And he's like, "Todd, I need to suggest What should we do about these two? I'm like, I'll tell you, Mr. President, get the secretary of the treasury, the head of the IRS and the commissioner of social security and have them at your office tomorrow at 9am. And I'd look at all three of them and I'd say, and get the secretary of state in here and whoever heads up the passport division. First, I'd look at the secretary of state and I'd say, I want their passports revoked. You better act like they were part of the nine 11 plot they will never set foot on you native soil ever again. Okay, just like Francis, General Francis X. Hummel when he told his Marines they would never set foot on you native soil ever again. I want to okay. make sure she doesn't step, either two of these women step one foot on U.S. soil ever again. Make it happen. You're dismissed. IRS, I don't ever want you to collect taxes from them. Okay, they're not U.S. citizens. Fine, let, let the CHICOMs take all their money. Get out. Yes, sir. Next, Secretary of the Treasury and the Social Security Commissioner. Neither of them better get one penny, one penny. I don't care if they've already paid taxes in, they revoke their citizenship. And the Supreme court has ruled that there are all kinds of things that the government can do with respect to your social security it is not a contract. It is not a guarantee. They don't have to give it to you. And I would say, I, I don't care if they're poor destitute and dying someday, 60 years from now, not one penny of taxpayer dollars goes to either two of these. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Get out, make it happen. I, it's you want to turn your back? Fine. We we can play the jealous ex-girlfriend better than anyone, and that's that would be my directive in how to handle these two and anybody else who wants to pull this stunt in the future. I
0: like it. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is great. Well, we ran a little long there, but that was totally worth it. Uh, I think you made your point, though, there, pal. <laughs>
1: like 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 a girl who got stood up on prom. I'm coming. I'm okay. just uh, scorched earth, salty earth. Scorched earth. Yes, and
0: I could be the secretary of offense because we I, it, play no defense
1: that's right we're getting rid of the department of defense it's the department of offense yeah
0: we're running the offense pal and we're going full out five wide we don't punt we go for two every time and we onside kick That's all we do but uh anyway that's right yep all right brother well that was a nice rip man thanks for jumping on but anything you want to close with
1: uh, just uh, looking forward to the Super Bowl. Should be a good one. I, I think I've decided we're going to pull for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. We'll, we'll we pull go. for him. You have de- so a little
0: bit of tread decency there as an Eagles fan. We appreciate that. So There we go.
1: All, all right. right.
0: Well, we'll have you on next week. You'll enjoy my bit, man. Thanks for jumping on.
1: All right. Out here.
0: Thanks for joining the Sports Antidote, episode number 86. I'm your host, Danny Feltz, Fast Food Forensics. Hope you learned a thing or two. Bro, Exotic could not join us today. He'll be back next week. Of course, he's not on every week, but when he is, he hits hard. Tommy Bench with a massive hit there. Hope you enjoy his rip. We'll talk post-Super Bowl stuff next week. Again, be sure and follow us at the Sports Antidote. Reach out, touch your brother. Tell us someone about the Sports Antidote. I'll fucking kill you. Alright, check the post for the prop plays, those will be up. Good luck betting the Super Bowl. Good luck losing your money. Keep it real, antidotions. I'm out school. My language is broken into a slang, but it's just the dialect that I select when I hang. i play it cool. Schooling is off, then I'm about to school it with the girlies.